Darren here from Tier Medals. Hello, we're exploring the stories behind the honours. In these bonus episodes, we're finding out more about the medals themselves with the help of Mark Smith, a medal expert and military historian. Last time, Mark explained how the first British medals were awarded to those who fought at the Battle of Waterloo. So, what happened next? Once Waterloo was over, there is then a big gap between the next British medal. You must remember at this time that the Indian Empire was very huge and it was being governed by the Honourable East India Company. And they actually were giving out more medals for people. And British soldiers who were fighting with the Honourable East India Company were being awarded medals. And it suddenly started to become something that people were seeing. So there are medals for a battle called Guzne. There's medals for the first Afghan war. There are medals for fighting in the Punjab and in the Sutlej. But these are given out by a company, not by the British. And it's not until 1847 that Queen Victoria asked, what medals are there for the men who fought at the Battle of Trafalgar, 1805? And she was told, there are no medals, ma'am, there's just coins. So she said, well, what about the men who fought with Wellington in the peninsula? And they said, well, no, ma'am, there's some coins, but the first medal is Waterloo. So what she did in 1847 is she invented a concept and two medals. She invented the Military General Service Medal and the Naval General Service Medal. Now that sort of echoes what we understand of today of the GSM that people had maybe with the class Northern Ireland, which is one that most people will understand. But she came up with these two medals. The Military General Service Medal covered the period 1793 to 1814. The Naval General Service Medal, 1793 to 1840. And then a little clasp, a little metal strip with the name of the battle on it, could be awarded for various battles. So for the Military General Service Medal, there are something like 29 clasps that you can apply for. The problem with this medal was is that it came out in 1847, but you personally still had to be alive to claim your medal. So if you were 50 years old in 1793 at the Battle of the 1st of June, the chances of you still being around are very slim. So some of the medals, are very rare. The clasps are very rare and in some cases, especially for the Royal Navy ones, sometimes only two, three or four people actually claim the clasp. For the army, again, there are many clasps and you still had to be alive in 1847 to claim it. You had to write back to your regiment. They put adverts in newspapers and in regimental associations and tried to reach as many people as possible. And you applied for your medal. They went back through the muster rolls they worked out if you were entitled to the medal and any clasps, and then they posted it to you. If you died between claiming and receiving, that was fine, but your family couldn't claim it for you if you'd already passed. So they are our first two medals that we have, and then we move into the Victorian period where the next major conflict that we're going to see is the Crimea. And it's the way in which the Crimean War is reported back home to us by newspaper reports, that means that the population get behind the British service people, army and navy, and start to think about what they're reading about how brave some of these chaps are and what reward there might be for bravery. And that's the period when we start to move into not only the campaign medal, 
but an award for gallantry as well. The oldest gallantry award in the British Empire was something called the Indian Order of Merit. It was invented in 1837, but it was for Indian soldiers only. So the concept of gallantry is beginning to come, but the British don't really get their head around this until 1854. The French have already got gallantry awards, 1801 or 1800 for the Légion d'honneur. The Germans are back into the 1700s for something called Le Marie. We would know it from World War I as the Blue Max, but that was their equivalent of a Victoria Cross. So other countries have got gallantry awards already. They are already rewarding people. It's the British who are a little bit slow off the mark, A, with campaign medals, and B, with gallantry medals. And it's really Queen Victoria. She invents the concept of the General Service Medal, and she's also absolutely instrumental in bringing to life our highest award for gallantry, the Victoria Cross. And we'll hear more from Mark about the VC soon. Next time, Major Pete Norton talks about how he was awarded a George Cross and an FBI star after he was blown up by an improvised explosive device in Baghdad. Everything went into slow motion. And I knew instantly when my left foot touched the ground that it wasn't right. He was very calm in a situation where he could have had every right to lose his composure, lose his bearing, but he stayed professional throughout the whole ordeal, even as he was coming in and out of consciousness. It's not a friendship, it's a brotherhood. And that's something that you endure together. And we have become family. Pete, Nick, and I, the three of us, have become very close. I really can't wait for this one. It's one of the most inspirational stories I've ever heard. That's all for now. If you're enjoying the podcast, rate it, leave a review, and share it with your mates. 